Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Is I'll go ahead and start with a little piece that I did on the early show today until we can get a few more in the audience. That's what I'll do. I'll go ahead and start with a program that we did this morning. The Great Texas Freeze, the Texas Electric Grid Failure may be strike three. Here's what I mean. Strike one. Texans had the opportunity for every Texan to be insured with the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. Texans left over $100 billion on the table for ideology. We are going to allow over 2,000 of our citizens to die every year. We are going to make sure over 4 million Texans are uninsured because we don't believe in government. And we don't want government involved. It would have been free for three years and 10% thereafter. Strike number two. COVID comes and Texans make believe it's just the flu. They believe this president that everyone knows is a liar. They forget that, you know what? People die from these things. So it overtook Texans and it destroyed the Texas economy for quite some time, more so than it had to. Strike two. And now strike three. A cold spell that we knew was coming. It was coming. It was told. It was forecasted. We had over a week to plan. We had over a week to start generators. But Urca, a private company, controls private companies who generate electricity. Even though 10 years prior, they were told, you have to insulate your devices. You have to make sure that they're ready to run. And Texas said, no, we care more about profits. It's private. And we get off of the entire country's grid because we don't want the Fed government telling us what to do. So we make sure and keep most of our electrical system inside of Texas all by its lonesome. Now the federal government can't tell us what to do. And we control our power. So we have laissez-faire power. We're at one time this week. It went to over $9,000 a megawatt. Something that normally costs under $9 a megawatt. Strike three. Well... Here is James Moore, an author and strategist, who says it quite well. He makes it known, this time, conservatism is at risk. This time, we may get it extricated out of Texas. Check this out. Jim, your reaction to Ted Cruz's short-lived trip to Mexico, is this part of a bigger problem with Texas leadership? It's certainly part of a problem with Ted Cruz, Stephanie. I think the misunderstanding most people have about this guy is that he did not make a mistake in judgment. He was simply being Ted Cruz. What he was concerned about was perception, not the morality, not the reality of the fact that he was abandoning his state as people are burning their furniture, they're standing out line in sub-freezing temperatures, waiting to get buckets of water to take home. There are people filling up their, their dinnerware and their Tupperware with snow to flush their toilets. And there are people literally dying here, and he's worried about the perception. The, the misunderstanding of Ted Cruz and what he, he is in Texas is that he didn't think about this at all. He didn't think about how can I help, what can I do for my state, can I facilitate things with FEMA? Can I talk to people and help Washington better understand what is needed down here? Instead, he did what a lot of Mexicans do, which is to cross the border and travel 1,200 miles to find heat, light, and water for his family. Then if this is just Ted Cruz being Ted Cruz, why does he keep getting elected? What does that tell you about Texans? We keep electing these people that give us problems like what we've just experienced. We have conservatives in Texas who think that not just less government is better, but almost no government. In fact, the governor today is complaining about ERCOT, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, which screwed up the entire grid when the storm hit. And he's talking about reforming it and fixing it. But he's culpable in this thing. He has known for years that the grid has not been hardened against catastrophic weather events. There were recommendations about 10 years ago 
that the grid and the generating plants be upgraded in a way that would protect them from huge weather events like storms and freezes of this nature. And they ignored it because we have our own grid. We are not susceptible to federal regulations because we contain it within inside of our borders. And if you spend millions of dollars to upgrade, you're cutting into profits. So it never happens. So it's wildly disingenuous to the governor and Ted Cruz and everybody else in the conservative movement in Texas to come back and say, oh, we're going to fix it. We're going to solve this problem. They knew it was there. They simply ignored it because it's profitable to ignore. Then knowing Texas as well as you do, when we get past this and people are safe in their homes, hopefully, are Texans going to forget about this and just go right back to the way they were? I think that's the big, big, important question, Stephanie. And what I'd like to believe is that this is a kind of seismic event that the COVID and the coronavirus have been for Donald Trump. I think that this may be the moment that has peeled back the covers on what conservatism is all about. In this state, we are ignoring Medicaid. There's $100 billion that Texas has sitting on the table for 10 years if we expand Medicaid. But no, we don't want government to come into the state. So we have four and a quarter million people who are uninsured, including 625,000 children. We don't raise our gas tax since 1991 in Texas. And consequently, what happens is we bring in companies to build toll roads and we pay a tax that way. It's a shell game. And we've got, although we have no state income tax and they brag about that, we have bonded indebtedness that, that approaches like $60 billion and they hide it. So the politicians can say, hey, I didn't raise your taxes. But my hope is that this incident has unveiled what's really going on in Texas. And people like Ted Cruz and Greg Abbott will pay a price for it. And the people in the state will realize if you want infrastructure that works, if you want roads and good schools and highways, mass transportation, you have to pay for it, just like you do everything else. Now, James Moore was kind. He called it a shell game. I call it a fraud. It is, in fact, a fraud. And he means a fraud. He explained the fraud. We say, oh, we don't raise your gas tax. We don't raise the taxes that's needed to keep our roads up. But we bring in toll roads, some of them owned by foreign companies, and they collect a tax, right? The toll for the road that you're going to use is a tax. So it's not the government taking your money. It's the toll road private company taking your money, which means that some of that money goes into their pockets as opposed to if the government build the darn roads and charge the taxes it would be that much cheaper because there would be no shareholder to pay there would be no profits to make there would be no bonuses for executives etc it's the same thing with healthcare as well oh we don't want the government in here because we want to run any kind of laissez-faire medical system where we can have private companies come in and gouge you. You bring the government in here as people start to see how efficient it is. They shy away from the, the wants of private insurance companies and want better government-provided services because, again, there's, there, there's nobody trying to make a profit on it for something that's no, it's, that's not innovative. I think this could be it. We need to ensure to make it it. This must be the time that we expunge this type of conservatism outside of Texas and to put it bluntly, outside of the country. You know why? It kills. Yeah, now, I did this uh, on my 3 o'clock show today and I'm, I, I just decided to do this because I had some ideas. Um, you know, I, I, in watching the news today, I really got upset because there, I, I'm here in Houston and there are 22, 22 people got 22 people froze to death or they died in Houston because of this uh, freeze that we have, because of location of resources. You name it, you name it, it happens here in Texas. And I wanted to bring it to people that this is not an accident. This is by no means an accident. And what I want to put out there is that these things are planned. Naomi Klein talks about disaster capitalism. And that's what this is. And the thing about it, it has no soul. I want, to give, I want to give you an example here. Think about this. And it's important that we think. Because these people are taking us to the cleaners. These people are taking us to the cleaners. They're, they don't care about any... They don't care about our souls. They don't care about our humanity. They don't care about that. Whomever you are, I don't care who you are. But check this out. Ten years ago, we had a big freeze in Texas. And the, if you watch the news today, they would say, Oh, they told 
practice that you needed to go ahead and make your and make your 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 resources weather resistant, make them all that's fine. Well, Texas didn't do it, and it, they didn't do it not because they couldn't. They didn't do it because of financial reasons, but I want you to stay with me because I want to show you the path where we always lose no matter what occurs, and they always win, whether there's disaster or not, whether it is them causing it or not. And what we have to do is see how the conservative mantra, that particular ideology, conservative and neoliberalism, how that really creates the problem, the Texas problem, the problem all over. I want to show you this. Now, they knew they were supposed to weatherize these plants, climatize these plants. They didn't. Why didn't they do it? Because it costs money. Who does that hurt? That hurt the shareholders, and it hurt the bonuses that the CEOs would get if they went ahead and fixed those plants. They took their bets they said, well, you know, nothing is going to happen. We're not going to get any freeze or whatever. So why spend millions of dollars to make these, these things resist a temperature that hardly ever comes to Texas? And then we know, however, that especially in the times of climate change, this is going to happen. So what do they do? They don't do anything. So now what happens? Here comes the big mass of air, and it shuts down the entire grid in Texas, makes the grid almost unusable. So everybody know, knows that, my God, there 10 years ago they were told to do this. You ask yourself the next question. Okay, who's to pay for all of this? Who is to pay? They made a mistake. They didn't fix the grid. In not fixing the grid, we've gotten, in Houston alone, 22 people dead. Throughout the area, 60 people dead. That's what we have so far. People's homes are blown, blown to smithereens. The pipes are busted. All the pipes are gone. They have to be fixed. People, some people will have insurance, some don't. It doesn't matter if you have insurance. Because if you have insurance, still, who pays? We the people. We the masses. We pay. Now, you have to say, well, aren't these companies going to suffer some sort of a problem because they didn't weatherize? No. The fact that they didn't weatherize their plants made them make even more money. The owner of the Dallas Cowboys... He's a gas magnate here in Texas. He has had the best day selling gas in Texas, probably enough profits for an entire year in a few days. Why? As all these plants come offline, these plants are offline now. The price of shipping electricity, the price of shipping gas needed by generators go way up. The price escalates because there's scarcity now. Remember, a lot of the gas is frozen. So because the gas is frozen and hard to get, you keep a lot more gas in the ground. But the gas that you're selling to people, because there's a shortage, the price goes sky high. But it's not only that. The people who are selling the electricity on wholesale because there's not a lot to sell because a lot of generators are down... They now sell that electricity when it was $9 a megawatt. They're now selling it at $9,000 a megawatt. Oh, isn't that like a 100,000% in uh, a markup? What I'm trying to say is this. These people, they, they win even when they cause a catastrophe. They win. The, the reason why Texas is a conservative state that, uh, and believe in the conservatism is because the big businesses that controls Texas, what they have been successful in doing is getting their politicians elected, lying to people about the efficiency of the private sector. The private sector is no more efficient than the public sector. An engineer working for a private company it has the same knowledge as an engineer working for the government. They just get different pay. And they're just a lot of times they just get different respect. But here's the thing: they're, they 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 take the same courses. They're just as intent. The only difference on the private side is that on the private side you have to make a profit. And what is profit as far as you are concerned? Who are using the services of of the electricity and all of that? That becomes an expense to you because the profit that they are making is the excess value that you're paying to the electric company. Is sex value that you're paying for all these different services that should be in the commons. These are concepts that 
many people fail to realize after they simply believe the fallacy that, hey, the private sector is so much more efficient. No, it's not. And what we are seeing here in Texas, and that will be replicated throughout the country if we allow conservatism to take a permanent hold. Is ex- Texas is your future. Now, what did they do? That they knew that there were that the mainstream media wasn't going to say specifically. Yeah, they attack it a bit, but they're not going to say it's an economic system problem that we're looking at. They're, the mainstream media is not going to say that. It's the independent folks, independent journalists like ourselves, that it's going to go out there and make the case. And here's a case. That, that I think is it, that, that needs to be made. Uh, we, the, the private sector, sole goal, the sole goal of the private sector where it comes to generating electricity, etc., is to make a dollar. We know that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what we should realize is that if we are talking about money, if we are talking about dollars and cents, there are certain parts of our system, our economy, that simply does not belong. Simply does not belong in the private sector. Why? Because we get the same problems that we have in Texas today. And how was that generated? That was generated because we told people that they didn't have to do the things that we know they had to do because it wasn't the most profitable thing to do. The electric market in Texas is the most efficient market because it, uh, it runs efficiently. As demand increases, the price increases. When demand drops, the price drops. All of that stuff works. But that's not how electricity is supposed to be delivered. You need electricity when you need electricity, and you need consistency. You know, one of the interesting things about business is you'd always hear the politicians talk about uh, business wants consistency. Business wants consistency, and that is how they do well. Have you ever heard them say that people want consistency? In other words, don't you want to know if you, if you turn your lights on X amount of times a day, if you use your stove diligently but you use it sparingly, if you use your dishwasher in, in a certain way that you know how much you're going to pay for electricity. You want to know that. You want consistency in your life. But what we believe in this country is that it's always business first. Business wants consistency. They want to know that things are going to be consistent for them. What about people? What about us knowing exactly how much we are going to pay for electric bill? But that's not how it works. Folks, you know, we're actually taking calls from anybody who wants to call and make a comment. I'm going to go ahead and put that into the um, YouTube uh, uh, screen here. If anybody wants to call in and say something and be on air with us, say something on the, on the line. It's either, you can either come to us via Zoom or you can give us a call at 346-248-7799 with the code... Uh, the code ID is 254-600-9091. Anybody wants to call in. Um, this is not the time that I'm usually on. Like I said, uh, as I took a shower today, I had my phone with the news on, and it said there were 22 Houstonians dead. More than 60 people across the country dead because of the cold. And then I know that this didn't have to happen if we had just done the work that we're supposed to do. If they, we had just had the regulations in Texas that says follow what the federal uh, government said that was best after that last catastrophe we had in Texas, weatherize your equipment, and if this equipment is weatherized, all these people wouldn't have to be dead. And then I watched the news again, and again it came on and it said these people are dead. And then I looked at my wife and I said, you know what, I got to get this off of my mind. And then I started telling her about how all this stuff works and why is it that it works this way? Why is it that we can't have controls? Again, folks, if you want to give us a call in and, and say your piece as well, give us a call at 346-248-7799. I have it in the feed, uh, 
609091 is the way that you can come in. Or you can use that link that I have in there to click on it and come to us via Zoom. I'd love to hear from anybody who wants to add anything to the, into the dialogue. But it is important. It is important for us to understand that what we are living in Texas right now, and it is bad. It is bad. People are suffering. My friend, guy that I grew up with in Panama, uh, he bought a house here in northwest Texas. And he called me and he said he has uh, 12, 12 pipes that are busted in his home. 12 pipes are busted in his home. And he spent the last two days with, with friends around because you can't find a plumber in Texas. You've, and he, he, he spent the time just going ahead and fixing one leak after another. Fix some leaks, turn the thing on, and then water is coming from somewhere else. That is what on an individual basis is happening to everybody. But we have to realize that in, the, in this case, we have people in, in, in Texas, in Austin, the people who govern Texas, a few of them, the decisions that they made, the decisions that they made affected millions of Texans. Millions of Texans because a few people decided to allow power generators, the private sector, to do as they pleased without regulation. And then, of course, uh, we have uh, Rick Perry, former governor of Texas, who is also responsible for what we're seeing here, former governor of Texas. He says that Texans are willing to spend a few days without power not to be under the thumb of the federal government, even though if had they been under the thumb of the federal government, this would not have happened. Because again, the federal government is not some enemy. The federal government is not some, some best, bad set of folks. Anybody who's an American, anybody who believes in our constitution, know who the federal government is. We, the people. But you see, what conservatives have got to tell you is that government is bad. And what they have to do first is detach you from government. You have got to be detached from government so that then you can look at government and say government is bad. Because if, if they don't first detach you from government, whenever you say government is bad... You're actually saying, I am bad. You are bad. Think about that. So they have had a concerted effort through the Powell Manifesto. And you can find the Powell Manifesto at my website, egbertowillies.com. If you read the Powell Manifesto, I got a call here from uh, Joseph Murphy. Joseph, come on in. Joseph Murphy? Joseph, you're on. All right, I, he, I think he's coming up. Joseph, how are you doing? Joseph Murphy? Yeah, come on in, Joseph. Thank you, sir. You're on. Um, I'm... All right, I, he, I think he's coming up. Yeah, Joseph, I turned the volume down on your thing now uh, so that uh, we don't have that feedback. Okay, there we go. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Go ahead. Make your case, my friend. Well, one of the, one of the things that really needs to be looked at, look into is the campaign contributions of all of these power companies. Yes. Follow the money. So, I mean, Rick Perry, um, current governor, all, all of them have been given millions of dollars by these, by, by these power companies in order to prevent the regulations from coming in from the federal government. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Ain't no place like a cowboy place, ain't no town like a cowboy town. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy 
kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's in the way you're going wrong. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. You're absolutely right. So I also linked a uh, article in the uh, chat. Look, thank you very much for submitting that, my friend. That is what we need. Now, let me tell you, I like to talk about, um, I like to come out and tell the story, but not only tell the story, but talk about solutions. So I'm going to ask you as, as, a, as, as an informed citizen, how are you here in Texas, first of all? No, I'm not. I'm in Arkansas. You're in Arkansas. So you have a conservative government as well. Uh, well I do, unfortunately. A very conservative government. Now, the, the one thing that I always say is that whenever we look at conservatism, there, 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 is, a, there is a particular path. I mean, I don't know if you, if you remember Kansas a few years ago. Kansas mm-hmm. went ahead and decided that they were going fo- to follow the full conservative mantra. And what they did is they treated, uh, they cut schools, they cut the budget, they cut taxes very deeply, they cut schools, and the economy of Kansas went through the, through the floor. In other words, it failed. It's the first time that they actually elected a Democratic slate with, with Republicans actually attempting, becoming allies of Democrats. It was so bad. And the reason why it's so bad, it, it's not hard to tell. It's just... It's just how things work. It makes no sense. Your thoughts on that, my friend? I think that um, the conservative, the, most of the conservatives, especially at the national level and the, and the, the upper state level, have all learned the lesson at can, uh, Kansas. They have to hold a very steady hand, keep conservative, uh, you know, especially in conservative uh, states like myself and Texas, keep the conservative line as close to what they want as possible without letting the economy tank because then they would lose the state. Exactly. 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 That is exactly right. And you know what? They've been trying to do that in Texas for a long time, but I think, and I don't, I, I don't know if you see the article that I wrote. The article that I wrote said that there's a good chance that they went a little bit too far this time and people will understand exactly what conservatism means right now. Well, unfortunately, the, every about every 10 years or so, this happens. It happened in 2011. It happened in 2001. You know what's the difference, though, Joseph? This time, the freeze didn't over, only cover half of the state. It covered the entire state. All the, all the crops in South Texas are gone. All of the winter crops are gone. Uh, conservatism says uh, supposedly they're, they're, those those small farmers wouldn't get help if they're ADM or whatever they'll get help. But I think people are going to see the colors now. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. My my biggest problem is that all these all these power companies are denying federal federal access to come in and regulate them. But when this happens, they go they go immediately running to FEMA and start taking disaster relief money. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. And those are the things that we have to stop. Anyway, anything else you want to add, Brother John? I mean, Joseph. That's okay. No, I'm, I'm good. Thank you very much, sir. Hey, thank you. you. You have a wonderful day, my friend. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to 805. Come on in, 805. Come on in. 805, come on in. 805, hey, how are you? All right, how you I'm doing? I'm here. Yeah, I'm well. I turned it down. Uh, my name is Pete. Um Hope you can hear me good. I agree 100% of what you're saying tonight. I'm in California, and um, I really feel bad for the people in Texas. The whole thing that you just said about the state of Texas is at fault. It's because of ERCOT. Yes. Bottom line, ERCOT. No federal regulation. They, They shied away from it, and all that money that poured in, and now look. They said they were ready for this. How long ago? Forties ago? Yes. It's a joke. It's a joke. But you know, uh, there, there's this fallacy out here, Keith, that um, people like to say the private sector does everything better. And for me, it's not about the private sector or the public sector. For me, it's about 
how you partition the types of things, services that we want to have people. I mean, if you want to, uh, if you want a pizza, if you want to buy a shoe, if you want to buy a pants, if you want to buy a shirt, a dress, hey, the private sector does well on that. I mean, supply and demand works great on that. But if you're talking about energy, if uh, something like electricity, something like healthcare, uh, those things, uh, how can you put those things on a profit basis without knowingly hurting people? Like I, when it comes to healthcare, I always tell people, what is the incentive for a doctor to keep you healthy? The, and, and, and I'm not saying that doctors are not trying to keep you healthy. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is the healthcare structure, there's no incentive for a healthcare structure to have healthy people. Because healthy people won't use your services. And that is one reason why in, in healthcare and in certain other areas, you shouldn't have a for-profit system. Because if it's a for-profit system, we have to have a way to keep buying. And what, do, what does healthcare sell? You being sick. Absolutely. 100%, I agree with you. And, you know, the point I'd like to make is... Look, renewable energy work, uh, this, this uh, gaslighting that they're doing is, is a joke. We're out here in California. Half the state's going to be with renewable energy before the year, I believe it's 2035. Yes. We're, we're going to be required. I, I, if I'm, my, I'm not sure if my math Actually, you're correct. But, yes. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, now we're back in the Paris Accords, which is huge and, you know, a, a a national basis for us. There's no reason for us to jump out of it. And people got to understand, we've had blackouts here when the wind blows. Well, guess what? I've got solar energy on and a battery. So does my brother-in-law and sister, et cetera, et cetera. Guess what? We plan for this. Now, it's, I understand a lot of people can't afford it. Just like you were saying about you know, the medical industry, other people can't afford it. But that's why you have to have government involved, giving incentives, Doing what they have to do for, for, for ERCOT to exist is atrocious. Texas just gives the finger to the federal government thinking that they're going to be able to take care of it. Now look what happened. Exactly. It's really sad, and I, I hope Texas can bail themselves out. I really do, and I feel for everybody there. Look, I appreciate your call, uh, Keith. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Anything else you'd like to add, my friend? No, just peace and love to everybody out there and be safe and uh, get warm, okay, everybody in the cold. Get warm. Thank you, man. Peace and love, brother. Peace and love, peace and love, peace and love. Hey, guys, thank you, Keith, right. for calling. Look, uh, you know, there, there's another thing that, I, I, that, and when it comes to conservatism, and I spoke about this earlier on my 3 o'clock show, and it, and it goes like this, you know, I mean, um, conservatives are always talking about cutting taxes, right? Oh, let's cut taxes, cut taxes. You know, t we, we spend too much. Of course, they only mean to cut taxes uh, from the wealthy folks and they'll collect from, from you. And let me give an example. Uh, gas tax in Texas has, hasn't gone up in years. In years, it hasn't gone up. But, you know, it costs money to fix the streets and we keep building more streets and roads, etc. This is a big lie. They find ingenious ways of taxing you in such a manner that you don't see it. So we bring in foreign companies that build toll roads. And when they build the toll roads, you pay a toll, right? So normally, if the state just said, I'm going to increase the gas tax by 10 cents or whatever. And, you know, we get 10 cents on every, every gallon of gas that's bought. We can use that money to go ahead and fix the streets and probably defer a little piece for, for uh, school, whatever. It's a tax increase. It's a worthy tax increase. But they say, no, we, don't, we want to be able to sell to our people. We don't increase taxes. Okay. But then they build a toll road. And the toll road, guess, they build a toll road in a, in a manner that you get maximal use out of that toll road. In other words, if you're going to work, time is money. So therefore, you see the toll road, you're going to use it. If it saves you 15, 20 minutes, you're going to use it. They know that. So what they do is they have this tax, which is called a toll. And here's the worst part about it, though. If they went ahead and taxed gasoline and built that toll road, that toll road would be built, and the only cost after that toll road is maintenance and repair. That's it. But when you build a toll road... There is a permanent expense on that toll road. 
And that permanent expense is called shareholder value. You have to then pay the shareholder. So therefore, every toll that you pay, a little piece goes into repairing the, the roads, etc. But most of that money then goes to the people who invested in building that toll road. So we have another component, another bill. But you know, what we have learned to believe, they have taught you this, this private sector is more efficient. Not only is the private sector more efficient, but that's the way we should be doing things. No, we need to do things smartly. There are places where we should have things in the private sector. If you have a pizza shop, if you have a bread shop, if you have a donut shop, if you have a grocery store, if you, all these things belong in the private sector. But where there are things of critical value, it belongs in the commons. And what we should be all working towards is making sure things like electricity is controlled by the commons. Things like healthcare, controlled by the commons. Things like energy, controlled by the commons. All those things that we actually require should be controlled by us all. Because I always tell people one important fact. You know, people say, oh, the private sector, the private sector should do this and do that. Who the hell votes for the private sector? So if the private sector does wrong, they have no accountability. People say, well, if the private sector does something wrong, you just don't buy from them. No, you forgot that private companies are corporations and corporations are people legally. And if they do something too wrong that's going to get them sued, they just dissolve the corporation and it disappears. No human being takes blame for it. And... If they decide that they can still stay in business, they just do what they have to do. Folks, we, we, we are taking calls still. Let me go ahead and put that call number in there again. Number is 346-248-7799. And you can, you can use 254-600-9091 as the expiration code. I have it in the, in the chat room. You can actually see the, um, you can actually see the telephone number in the chat as well. But I'll put it one more time in the chat. So give us a call. I'd love to hear from you. We just heard from two, two, uh, two very smart guests in, in the system. But give us a call. For those of you, uh, I had another video to show you, but I think I'm going to uh, get off. Uh, I'm going to forego that video. And um, we're getting, if we don't get any more people to call in or chat, we're going to be getting ready to shut down. We had a whole lot to say. I think we've been on for a few minutes now. Ooh, actually, more than a few minutes. Wow. Um, so, yeah, if you have any questions, throw it in the chat. Let me see what you got in the chat. Be more than happy to answer that. Uh, by the way, um, w w before I transition, I'd like to let you guys know I'm an, I'm an author as well. have a book called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. One of the reasons I wrote that book is because I wanted to tell folks we have to get away from being a 50 plus 1 country. In other words, we win 50% of the votes and one other vote, and uh, we, we pass laws, and then the other person. What we have to do is create mindsets. We have to create mindsets that tell people, um, we are in this boat together. And if, in, if we are in this boat together, we have to start, of, we, we have to think together. And one of the things we, that we have allowed many of the plutocracy, the people at the top to do, is create dissension. Allow us to be at each other's throats. And I don't believe in that. In fact, my, my show comes on every day, five days a week, Monday through Fridays at 3 p.m. Central. That's when I do the show. This is an impromptu thing I did because, you know, I, I, was, I was just feeling it after hearing all these people that are dying here in Texas. But I do the show at between 3 and 4 p.m. Central. And one of the things that I say all the time is, we can't allow the people at the top to separate us, to keep us apart. We can't allow that. Uh, let's see. Egberto, what will it take to make Texas a blue state? We are getting very close to making Texas a blue state. We are getting very close to making Texas a blue state. I think... Uh, this could make Texas a blue state. But let me go ahead and take caller 55559. Come on in, 559. Yes, Egberto. Talk to me. 
Boy, well, I, I'm I'm actually up in Minnesota, so we're we're more used now. Are, are you yourself in in Texas? I am right here in Houston, Texas. Yes, sir. Golly, um, well, you sound like you're doing fine. You know, uh, Let and, me, you know, God bless that. I mean, how's everybody else doing? I mean, it's hard, my brother. Let me tell you something. Houston is huge. Uh, the si- Houston is probably bigger than several of the northeastern states, okay? Like uh, Rhode Island or whatever. I mean, Houston is just big. I can drive 60 miles from one side of Houston to the next. Uh, the core of Houston is where we have the majority of the problem because it is very dense in the core. But other than that, Houston is a very spread out uh, town with, with, with hundreds of subdivisions, okay? I, my subdivision was lucky this time. Previously, I've been out of electricity in this subdivision for over two weeks. After Hurricane Ike, I believe it was, I was down for two mm. weeks with a generator. That's how bad it was. Wow. Yeah. And that is, all this comes with the bad regulations we have in Texas for uh, the, ele- the electrical sector. It, 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 is, it is horrendous. But I am doing fine, uh, knock on wood, this time around. My friend, however, the guy that I grew up with back home, he has sure. 12 busted pipes oh no the ceiling just came down in several of his rooms so that's what we're looking at here it's real what you see on tv it is actually worse i was gonna say it's because i mean we were talking me and my uh, family were talking up here i mean my god it's uh see that's uh, just the unpreparedness all around not even with the power grid but see you guys don't get that cold and see, when it gets that cold, pipes start bursting, and we were like, I mean, it was just a matter of time before um, that's, that stuff started to go, and uh, I'm sure it's almost like a Katrina. Yeah, but you know what is interesting? Uh, if, we, if we had the heat, right, because most of the people's mm-hmm. pipes that are busting is in the, it's in the attic, right? So the heat in, these, right. in Texas, you'll have the heat rise into the attic, and it wouldn't get quite cold enough to, for the ice to expand that much to bust i mean you usually find a few people that bust if you are if you are 20 20 degrees or whatever but we got down to like 10 degrees something we normally don't see in houston and that really hit us very very hard uh we're not like uh, minnesota where where you get i imagine your pipes are very well insulated in the attic etc oh absolutely no that's the thing We're, we're we're ready for this stuff i mean it's 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 been getting more of a more of a winter here but then we start hearing stuff i mean like snow in louisiana my God, man. I mean, you see that whole swath of uh, like on the Weather Channel where all this stuff is. And I mean, I mean, I guess ironically enough, it's 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 all in the the, the conservative uh, carbon based economies. Right. You know, just the, the whole the, the whole way around. I mean, uh, down south, deep south and right. on up uh, on up east. And it just thought, wow. I mean, snow in Louisa. I've never I had asked my dad, my, does, does it normally snow there <laughs> or just in some of these places? And this has got to be like that once in a generation. You're going to be telling the grandkids someday t- about. I have pictures. I had three inches of snow in my backyard. Never, ever before. Wow. Three inches of snow wow. in my backyard. That's how bad it was. And I mean, well, actually, I kind of like the snow. Something I don't see out here. Last time I saw snow, actually, sure. I think I was in in in, uh, in Minneapolis. I went. No, actually, that was the summer that I went to Minneapolis. Well, I was in Chicago last time I saw. That oh, there you go. Snow. Yeah, yeah. But no, but, very good, very good. Okay. I, I love it out there, though. Uh, Minneapolis, beautiful, beautiful city in the in the summer. I mean, it's it's beautiful. The weather is great. I had a great time. I went to. The democracy convention out there. I participated in that out there. It was wonderful. You've got a beautiful city out there. Oh, right on. Yeah, you know it doesn't suck, and definitely uh, reminds you. It kind of. I mean, I, I'm glad. I actually work indoors. I'm a CPA, mm-hmm. and it's 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 during the winters times like this where it's where it's awful. It's awful nice to at least work indoors, but uh, it is nice at least. You know, at least, at least hopefully this year during the at the end of the tax season. I'll be able to, you know, kind of get out and, uh, you know, do some golf and walk around, uh, you know, them paths and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, could, I, couldn't ask for too much more. I, I, I hope that is. But anyway, anything you want to add to the program, my dear friend? Yes, no, absolutely. And I think just the solution is to just have some some tough conversations with, uh, you know, just with, with, with people that, we, we've all we've all been been across them. Lord knows. I mean, I deal with especially in the bit my in my racket. Um, I I see all all kinds. But 
you know, it's, it's to kind of keep that middle ground and just to listen to people because you end up finding out. And the one thing that I found out is some of these guys, even the ones that profess to be like either hardcore conservatives or, I mean, I'm, I'm actually in, a, in an area where we got uh, an interesting smattering of, uh, of diehard Trumpers. But uh, you end up finding out that some of them are just doing it just to be purposely provocative. You know, it's like, you know, because they're, 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 they're pissed off at something and they're, right. they're anxious about stuff. And when you get through that layer of, you know, the gusto and bravado, you don't give them the rise that they're, they're looking for. Now, you all of a sudden, you start hearing, well, yeah, dang it. I mean, you know, they're not too terribly thrilled with. Um, you know, being too anxious about where their next buck's coming from. And this is from business owners, business owners that, hey, been doing, been, uh, been, it, been in it for, you know, a number of years, generations. And now all of a sudden um, they, they have uh, people tell them that it's illegal to go make a living and then they're not compensating them for it. I mean, come on, they're not, you know, these guys aren't stupid. And, you know, they, they, and they know a guy like Trump is, uh, you know, is, is just full of it. But uh, the one thing it's it's the programming of, like you were saying earlier, of, of what the government is for and what it's supposed to do. I always tell people, I like the, I like the public government. I like the public government that has to be accountable to people. I don't like private governments, which is what big companies end up being. Exactly. And we see them all the time. I mean, that's the, and in fact, they're even worse than, uh, than public governments. They're like dictatorships. Because they're, the not one CEO, they're not accountable. And they're not, and they're not accountable. And you got right. the one, I mean, even a board of directors, it's not, I mean, that's, it's still beholden to the CEO, still beholden to the major shareholder. So, I mean, you got those other kinds of dynamics, but then here we go. Exhibit a guys, this is, um, the, the private sector guys. Uh, this is a loss. This is a big loss. And if it was so good, if it was so this and so that, why is it so underprepared and why is it so bad? What you just um, said, you know, what you just said is magic, but I want to commend you on something even more important. What was your name again? Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. God. Oh, Eric. Eric, I forgot. Here's the deal, Eric. First of all, I, I, I thank you for this call. And let me tell you why I'm so thankful for this call. The book that I told you I wrote, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, touched on much of what you just said. And it's important. Most of us are – I'm a very progressive guy, okay? And, what, and I live hmm. in a very conservative town. And most of my friends here are conservatives. And we sit down and we drink coffee together. And we sit down and we have chats and we shoot the bull. And we realize that we mm -hmm. all put on our pants the same way. We all love our kids. We all want our kids yep. to go to college. We all, we all want all these things. But there is, mm -hmm. there is value in keeping me at, that, at my Trumpist neighbor's throat. There is value in doing that mm -hmm. for... For because if we're at each other's throats, neither one of us are looking at the ones who are really screwing us, and that's what I there try to explain in, in, in my book. Right? I always talk about. There's another thing I put in my book. I always say on my show as well, which is when we unite Appalachia. It's a it's a stereotype, but I say when we unite mm -hmm. Appalachia, the ghettos and the barrios. It's a stereotype. There you go. When we unite that, we would have one. Because no longer will they be able to, 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 to put the wool over our eyes and say, oh, the reason you're doing badly is because of that other. Because there's no mm -hmm. more other. We are all working in concert together. And that is the kind of goal that I'm shooting for. 
Oh, no, there it is. And honestly, it's, it's guys like you and guys like us that are going to have way more influence on our surroundings than any public official, than any, you know, uh, star, than anybody on TV ever will. I'm, I'm here to tell you it's been a very interesting journey for me, especially since Trump's been in office. There's been a number of people that I could assume were hardcore either, you know, die hard, die in the wool that you, they're these professed to be that all of a sudden now, after like, I remember the first couple of years started changing their tune. In fact, there, it's almost like they're different people now. Um, You know, I mean, and, and, you know, people that say horrible things, uh, you know, horrible, terrible, you know, again, just to be, uh, you know, provocative to get a laugh. I mean, you know, a rise or, or whatever for reaction's sake. And now all of a sudden it's kind of like, you know what? You might be onto something there, Eric. You might be onto something there, Egberto, because yes. it's they see for themselves. Exactly, and you know, I love I, again. I, I love the what, what you have to say because it means we are on the right path. Because you know what I tell people as well: give people a chance to fail, give people a chance mm-hmm. to screw up, give people a chance to say the wrong thing, because mm-hmm. it, you shouldn't be you. Sh- you know, if if, if you do that. What you realize a lot of time is that underneath that, there is so much more. And what I do is I look in the mirror a lot and I say, I have screwed up so many times. In my life of, in the past, I'm no longer a chauvinist, but I was. I'm no longer a homophobe, sure. but I was. So when I have people that are whatever, I always look at them and say, okay, this is how things should be. And I, a lot of times I use myself as a reference as to how I overcome my, overcame my, short, my shortcomings. And then in doing that, mm-hmm. you open the door and it's like, oh, we can get somewhere there. And that is what's so important. I, I put some of that in, in my book as well. It's so important for us to, first of all, you have to be humilde, um, humble. You have to be humble. Mm-hmm. No, you, you, see. you know what I mean? You, you got to Oh, be, absolutely. You know, so anyhow, anything else you want to add, my brother? Eric, you've been a great caller, my friend. You know, I think that's it. Just stay safe. You know, I think as long as we remember everybody, you know, what our grandparents taught us, what our parents taught us, you know, wash your hands, cover your face, you know, make sure you eat your vegetables, get some sleep. Um, I I think I think we're going to get through this because, you know, everybody, it it may seem. You know, you almost have to ignore what you see on the TV right? and just take that with a bit of grain of salt. Because on the street level, I can tell you that it's a different story. It's a very, very yes. different story with very, very different uh, worries. And you, you kind of find out, you know what? I'll be damned. We have the same worries. I think we might be able to do business. So uh, let's just keep that in mind. Man, it's been my pleasure to talk to you, Eric. You have a wonderful day, and I love Minneapolis. I love Minneapolis, Minnesota. I will, I'm gonna be out there sometime uh, with uh, Netroots again. Uh, when we are out there, you know, give us a call and be out there at Net. When you hear Netroots is in town, get out there. I'll be there on Radio Row. Oh, you know, you, you know what? You got it. I'll take you out to Murray's. All right, my brother. You take it. We will meet out there. Okay. Absolutely not. Hey, stay stay safe. Thank you, brother. All right, folks, um, I'm going to stay a little bit longer. I mean, uh, you know, when I get uplifting calls like calls I just got from Eric, it really makes you feel good that, you know, you're on the right track because other people are willing to go through the same kinds of things that you're going through. Anyway, um, I want to answer High Comp uh, 333. You says if Texas goes, I better bring, you know, I'm getting blind, you know. Not blind, but, you know, it's kind of small. He says, "Eh, let's see what you say here. If Texas goes blue, won't the Republicans be better off getting rid of the Electoral College since they can't win without the Texas Electoral votes? Yes. But they wouldn't do it because even if they got rid of the Electoral College, they would still lose Texas. So, I mean, they will get, they'll get parts of the vote, you're saying, because it would be majority. They'll get some of the big chunk of votes from Texas. But the thing about it is Republicans are no longer able to win the popular vote. And the reason why is they are running off of a shrinking base. They can still win elections with an electoral college. I mean, we have to remember that the, the election was closer in as much as Biden won by over 7 million votes and Hillary only won by over 20, two, 29, two, 3 million votes. Biden came closer to losing than Trump winning over Hillary. Trump won over Hillary by about 80,000 votes, 70-something thousand votes. But Biden only won electoral college-wise if, he had, if, if 
Trump had gotten 44,000 more votes in the right areas. That being, I think it's Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, Trump would have been president. Think about that. Actually, not, I, I, not, not, uh, it's Wisconsin. I think it was Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona. If Trump won those three states, and that, that's less than 44,000 votes, he would have been President Trump with a deficit of over 7 million votes. That's how terrible the Electoral College is. And that what, that's what we're about. So, so what I'm saying, uh, Brother High Coop 333, is that it is almost impossible now for the Republicans to win another election by popular vote. And the only way they can win going forward is through that funky state thing that we have called the Electoral College. Anyway, folks, um, I, I always try to plug my book before I close out my show, and I'm going to do the same here. Please forgive me if, if that offends you, but um, I really want people to read this. And the title of the book is It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. It helps me keep this show going. So please go ahead. I just put the link in there uh, to, to get it at Amazon. If you'd rather not get it at Amazon, but rather get it at our store, which means we get a little bit more profit on that, you can go to politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. I'd love to urge you to join our posse, the PDR posse. Uh, you can join our PDR posse by clicking that join button in, on YouTube. Become a member. We need hundreds of members to make us viable. We've been doing this for some time now. We do this on KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, Texas, uh, Pacifica Network. All of this is really a labor of love. But I've decided to do this full-time over the last few years and, of course, been running a very negative budget out of our own uh, stuff for a long time. And I'm trying to make this viable by asking you to please click on Join and become a subscriber. I'll be, I, I, our, our program is between 3 and 4 Central five days a week. But... Sometimes uh, if, uh, if a thought comes up, I come on and, and do a YouTube show because I want to, it may be something that just hits me and I don't want to wait until Monday to do it or something like that. So please consider if you're uh, uh, clicking that join button and become, becoming a part of our family. You can also become a part of our Patreon. Uh, you can click on this link to find out what being a patron is all about politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. See how you can be of really helping us get the message out. What do you get when you subscribe to us? In other words, if you join our PDR Pass, if you join our Politics Unright YouTube channel, it's called Egberto Willis YouTube channel, let me tell you what we do. The right wing, the people that are misinforming people, they spend a whole lot of money to put out blogs and newspapers and videos and all of that. I know you've heard of, uh, 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 you, there's a university that's not really a university that puts out information. I have heard about it. But anyhow, what we do here is personally, I do about three to five videos every day that tells the truth, tells the message out there. I also do about, bye, bye uh, Linda. Thank you for being here. I also do, uh, what else again? Uh, about three to five blogs every day. And I also do uh, sometimes put articles in the newspaper, progressive articles, etc. The purpose of that is to really make sure that we get the progressive message in this space, true data in the space. It's very, very important that we populate the internet with progressive messaging. Why? Because... Search engines look at quality of data, number of data, and number of references so that when somebody asks about Medicare for All, I write a lot about Medicare for All. I do research on Medicare for All. If you take a look at EgbertoWillis.com, you'll see all the articles that we've written at Medicare for All. And as a, an editor at OpEd News and an editor at DailyCoast.com as well, uh, you'll see a lot of my articles that I've done uh, on um, Medicare for All. Why? Because the right and the neoliberals try to make it look as if Medicare for All is some sort of a socialist takeover of health care. It is nothing more than giving you the kind of health care that you want. So we have to have a lot of people writing about that. That's what I do. So I ask you to click on that join button, become a part of our posse, or PDR posse, 
And if you want to support us via PayPal, you can as well. And that is politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Anyhow, folks, look, I thank you for being here. I got a lot of people here coming and going, coming and going. I really, really appreciate that. It's very important for us to keep sharing the message. I appreciate you for having been here. I also want to ask you to share the program. That is how we are able to get things done when people share. The mainstream media is completely different from uh, independent media. Independent media has no restrictions. We only owe the truth to you. I promise you that that is all that I do. I work 16 hours a day making sure that I get it right. And in the few times that I've gotten it wrong, I make sure to atone. I make sure to let people know if I've done something wrong or said something wrong, what that was to make sure we keep it all straight. Look, thank you so kindly for having been here with me. And with that, I'd like to tell you, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket.